Mic check one two one two. Hello world and welcome back to Real Talk with Rajal where nothing's off limits. You could have been anywhere in the world but you are here with me and I appreciate that. I am your host Rajan Lewis. Now, here on Real Talk with Rajal, everything's available so any given week we can be discussing anything from sports to music to politics. You name it, we'll discuss it. Now, for those who are new to the show, Real Talk with Rajan also has a goal of shining a light on the great things and the great people that are right here in the low country that are doing amazing work and are changing the world one day at a time. Um, this Tuesday, upcoming Tuesday, we have a very special day in the low country and in the state of South Carolina. We have our our uh, election primaries, and so we'll be finding out who these candidates are and what they represent. And tonight, we have a very special guest, um, a friend of mine, Mr. Christian Rainey. I want you guys to give him a loud applause. Give us a thumbs up if you're a fan of Christian Rainey. Go ahead, give us a thumbs up because he is here and he's here to talk to you guys. Thank you so much for joining me, Mr. Rainey. And um, it's a pleasure being in the being in the same space as you again, man. Praise God. Praise God, man. So, uh, all right. So for those who, who do not know who you are, please introduce yourself to the audience. Um, my name is Kristen Rainey. I'm a captain in the North Charleston Fire Department. I'm also founder and CEO of a nonprofit organization uh, called MAD USA, which stands for Men Against Domestic Violence. Uh, do a lot of uh, youth mentorship, a lot of education, K through 12, uh, with kids about uh, bullying, domestic violence, and uh, things of that nature. So um, very involved in the community, uh, believe investing in our future if we really want to see a difference. Um, and so that's what I've dedicated my life to. Uh, my mom and my four siblings were murdered uh, roughly about 14 years ago. And mm-hmm. since then I've dedicated my life to public service. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So yeah, so I, I want to walk I want to walk through all of that pretty slowly just so people get really a, a depth, a, a full understanding of who you are as a, as, a, as a man, because yeah, it's important that, you know, you're able to get your political platform out there, but it's also important that they understand who Christian Rainey, the man is, who Christian Rainey, you know, that's the, the most important thing yeah, to me. That's, that's, that's always the most important thing. So, so let's start at the very beginning. Um, where are you originally from? I'm originally from Charleston. I'm a Charleston County native, I would say. Um, I've moved around, uh, basically all my life from, uh, West Ashley, I grew up a good bit in Orleans Gardens, uh, grew up in Ardmore for a little while, uh, grew up on a hike for a little while, grew up in Pepper Hill, um, lived off of uh, uh, the uh, Rutledge Avenue, mm-hmm. uh, stayed uh, off of, I think uh, it's called Clements, I think it is. Clements uh, Ferry? No, not Clements Ferry. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Clements is a place in North Charleston. Um, I went by and showed uh, some of the guys who I work with uh, where I used to stay at, and they were like, "Wow, uh, I can't believe it!" But um, right, yeah, we moved around all over. I mean, we really didn't stay um, in a lot of places uh, longer than a year, mm-hmm. uh, and I mean, we moved around a lot. Uh, the only stability I really had was my great grandmother who lived in Ar- Orleans Gardens. Okay, what where at Orleans Gardens? Uh, 1911 Hazelwood Drive. Okay, cool. My my grandma lives in Carverwood. All right. Yeah. So I, I yeah 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 yeah. So my people know your people. You know how that goes. Yeah, you know if you live in the guards, you know everybody. Absolutely, hey. absolutely. Yeah. You already know. Anybody too. You know. <laughs> so what school? What high school did you graduate from? Um, I went to West Ashley High School, and I actually finished my last year of high school, um, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Okay. Um, at a school called uh, Broadmoor High School. Um, I left there, graduated. Uh, it was a long story. I actually uh, 
you know, I spent a lot of time, uh, just a backstory to mm-hmm. that part. I spent a lot of time watching my mom's kids. She was a single mother. And so, you know, I had to, I had a lot of responsibility mm-hmm. and a lot of my responsibility was watching uh, my four siblings. And at the time she was working um, and I was working and uh, school wasn't really working out for me. So mm. um, I ended up going to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, uh, finishing with all A's, which was surprising. I knew I was smart, but yeah. I just couldn't focus because I had a lot of responsibility. And uh, I went on to college, went to uh, Southern University. Um, and, you know, from there, a lot of stuff happened. And uh, here I am. I mean, uh, I, when I first went to college is when I found out that my mom and my siblings were murdered. Yeah. Yeah. So that was what your, was that like your freshman year? Uh, yeah, that was 2006. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. I did not know that happened in your freshman year. I, I knew the story of it because, again, you know, the wood. So, like, it's like I didn't know that happened your freshman year. So um, without without going into too much detail, because I know that's a personal story. Mm-hmm. And you oh, can, can you hey, talk to that? Because I know real, that 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 feeds into why you are so um, are, are you're so arduous about your work with um, domestic violence and preventing domestic violence. So can you talk t- just speak a little bit more to how how th- that situation worked itself out and, okay. and, you know, how it impacted you. Yeah. And I'm going to just tell you, I mean, there's nothing, I mean, I teach kids, so there's nothing that you're going to ask me. I probably haven't had to, you know, explain to them already. Right. Uh, you know, 14 years ago, like I said, my mom, uh, my four siblings were murdered by my mom's husband um, over in the Ferndale community. Um, at that time I was, I was away at college. Um, and I mean, it was just crazy. I got a phone call one night, uh, telling me to fly home Mm. uh my cousin called me and she said hey you know i need you to fly home and what was ironic about that was i spoke to my mom that friday Mm. and me and her really um didn't speak for probably about maybe a month or two which was very odd because we talked like almost every day Mm -hmm. and uh you know i was just trying to figure out what's going on i would call her she wouldn't return my calls and uh finally uh, she called me or my little sister called me Friday, that Friday at my job. And so I talked with her, uh, talked with my mom and talked with two out of uh, my three brothers. And um, it, I mean, it was just it, it was just weird. I, I, I spoke with them and, you know, I told my mom that I missed her and, you know, asked her what was going on. She was like, no, you know, everything was busy uh, because she had gotten diagnosed with colon cancer. And uh, she was also trying to finish up school, too. So um, she had a lot of stuff going on. But she said uh, her treatments were wrapping up because uh, I would travel down occasionally to sit with her during her chemo sessions. And, you know, after that, it, it just, you know, I, I said, well, call me tomorrow. Yeah. And uh, she said, I will. And I said, I promise. And she said, I promise. And wow. I said, I love you. And honestly, that was the last time. Uh, that I spoke to my mom. Wow. And, uh, you know, the sad thing about that is, you know, I got a phone call telling me to come home. I was like, well, I just talked to my mom, so I figured nothing wrong with her. Uh called my great-grandmother, who was in her uh, upper 80s at the time. And, uh, you know, she answered the phone after a while. And then, uh, you know, I flew home, 
trying to figure out why I was coming home for, ended up going to uh, Hampton Park. And after going to Hampton Park, my cousin kind of laid the news on me uh, that, you know, my mom and my siblings were gone. In her words, she just basically said that all of them are gone. Wow. And you're what, 18? Oh, uh, no. At the time, I was 20, 19. I think 19? I was 19. Jeez. Yeah. Like, I just, I just couldn't imagine that. Like, I just couldn't imagine that. And, but what the thing I love about your story is that it doesn't end there. You know, a lot of people, you know, that would be the part where it's like, okay, now I'm going to wild out. Now I'm going to go crazy. But somehow you were able to turn that um, pain into your passion and turn that passion into your profession in a lot of ways. So how, how did that um, push you forward after that happened? So that, that part didn't happen overnight. Okay. Um, a lot of people look at um, the work that I do in domestic violence now, and they think, you know, right after that, I was like, uh, you know, just into domestic violence. I didn't even understand the fact that it was domestic violence at that point in time. And, you know, the sad thing uh, was it took me seven years to get to a point to understand uh, my purpose. Um, mm. A lot. And, and I'm going to just tell you a lot of stuff that I haven't told a lot of people. Please do. Um, before, 30 days before uh, my mom died, I got baptized. Uh, my wow. mom asked me if I if I wanted to wanted her to come down. And I said, no, mom, you know, you just came down here. Uh, you know, for the graduation and all this other stuff. And, you know, don't worry about it. Um, you know, everything will be okay. And uh, I said, I'll send you some pictures or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I got baptized and, you know, roughly about a month or so later, uh, she, you know, she got killed and religiously to me, uh, it felt like a kick in the face. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah. I asked myself, I said, well, how can God love me? and allow something like this to happen to me after mm. I've taken such a huge step um, in the direction of faith. And, uh, you know, I went to different counselors, uh, roughly two or three of them, uh, finally ended up being uh, counseled by the dean uh, at the school. And, you know, we went on to talk for about a year, but, you know, there she even said herself, you know, I've never experienced anything like this before in my life. Yeah. And it's hard for me to counsel. I can counsel somebody who lost their mom, who lost their dad. Uh, but to counsel somebody who's lost something on this scale uh, is hard. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it. I, I really had to do some soul searching. Um, I, I walked around lost. I actually left um, college when I saw that my grades started slipping. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm wasting my money um, and I'm wasting my scholarship. So um, I winded up going to florida and going to a mechanic school called mmi okay um, i wanted to do something a little different hands-on um and so i went down there and you know just thinking of my past man I, I i went there not only graduated at the at the top of my class but it gave me clarity i wow. i was i was there with no girlfriend uh no friends uh no family nobody mm. so it was really just me and God. I had to come to the realization that my mom and my siblings were murdered and they're no longer here and they're never coming back. Um, and I needed that time to myself to really focus and understand uh, that this is life Yeah. for you now. And, 
you know, what are you, what are we going to do? What am I going to do? So, you know, I went back to, after I graduated, came back home to Charleston, uh, started attending the church, uh, Seacoast. And while I was attending the church, the first day that I went there with some of my family members, uh, they, the sermon that day was about asking the right questions mm. and not asking God why, which I had been asking why for six years, um, but asking God for guidance. And so I started praying for guidance and, you know, roughly about maybe a couple months later or whatever. I mean, I just received this idea. I started paying attention to domestic violence and uh, I received an award in Columbia for a distinguished survivor, which I didn't feel like I deserved at the time because I didn't do, do anything. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I survived, but I didn't feel like I did anything. Yeah. Uh, but what it did is that one award opened my eyes to a lot of things. Um, that I survived something. And to me, there's a difference between being a victim and being a survivor. Yeah. Uh, is it, you can be a victim of something, but not survive. And, you know, survivor is kind of a, I, I don't want to say it's an attitude, but it's a process. Right. And so when I got that award, I just started in the fire service and, uh, I just got this idea that I wanted to honor my mom and my siblings but I wanted to do it in an awareness way to where it would educate other people and empower other people and possibly even save lives. Yeah. And so, you know, with that, I, I went out to Walmart and uh, got with Spencer Pryor from North Charleston. And I told him, uh, I told the mayor, told a couple of people like, Hey, this is what I want to do. And I think the chief at the time might've been Zuma. And, uh, you know, I, I just said, Hey, this is what I would like to do. I want to honor my family. I know that, you know, it was the first funeral that they had at the Coliseum. The city was very supportive. The county was very supportive. Uh, but, you know, I wanted to do something to bring awareness. And when we had planned the event, it may have been two to three weeks. I expected maybe about 20 people to show up. Um, but, I mean, we had roughly about four or 500 people. Wow. Um, and, and it was phenomenal. And from there, you know, I really started educating myself. Um, on the stats in South Carolina, some of the things that were going on, things that needed to change. And, uh, you know, I felt like I needed to do something about it. And I felt like I needed to do something different from other organizations, not saying that what they're doing is wrong, because I think everybody has their place and what they need to do. Yeah. Uh, but I felt like I couldn't be reactive to domestic violence. I needed mm. to be proactive. Um, so in being proactive, I felt like educating kids was the way to break the chain and to stop the culture of domestic violence. Yeah. Because love is why we may think that love is a universal language that everybody understands uh, is actually uh, something that we are taught. And mm. most of those ideals that we get about love, uh, we are exposed to from our parents. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, again, um, your willingness and your ability. I've heard you, I've heard, I've heard you tell your story. You know, you spoke at our, um, at the low country youth services, um, huddle up the healthy relationships last year. And that was I mean, the first was time I was able to hear you speak, you know, to tell your story, you know, yourself. Uh, but I love the way you use it. You know, like you said, you, you are a survivor, but you refuse to be a victim. And like, that's, that's, that's something, that's something that, that it takes forever for some people to realize and you use your story and you use your your mom's story and you use your brother and sister's story 
you know, to, to empower young people and to impact young people. And for that, I applaud you greatly. Um, you also serve as a fire, a firefighter. How, how did you get into that? Uh, so, <laughs> uh, man, interesting story. So second grade, uh, we took a field trip to St. Andrew station, uh, one off of, uh, 61. And, you know, I crawled through the smokehouse, uh, talked to a couple of firefighters and I was like, man, you know, this is what I want to do when I grow up. And I mean, you know, in elementary school, everybody's, I want to be a firefighter, police doctor, lawyer, mm -hmm. whatever. Uh, but you know, growing up, I never saw a African-American firefighter. Mm. So, you know, when I finished school, I really didn't know how to get into the profession. I didn't know if there was like another process. Like I didn't know it was as simple as uh, filling out an application like you would for a restaurant. Um, so, you know, finally somebody was, when I got back home and I was looking for a career, you know, I thought to myself, I said, well, what can I do to, what can I do to, <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> uh, what can I do to, repay the debt that I felt like I owed to uh, the city of North Charleston and uh, Charleston County as a whole. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the fire service uh, popped them to mind. And, you know, I applied for the job. Um, I got put on a short list, um, which in my mind meant you're not getting a job. Mm. And because there was 170 or 180 people that were at orientation. Wow. And I just looked like, man, there is no way that I'm going to get this job because we have people from uh, New York, uh, New Jersey, uh, all these places, EMTs, paramedics. And I'm like, man, was I supposed to have all this stuff before I came here? <laughs> you, know, so, you know, but, you know, and then when they sent me the shortlist, I was like, OK, um, I guess I don't have a job. I guess that's a nice way of saying, you know, thanks, but no thanks. Mm -hmm. uh, but the shortlist really just meant, you know, you have to wait until the academy spot opens up. Uh, so I got a phone call and, you know, I went up to, I had to go up to uh, Columbia um, January 6th. i never, never forget that. 2000, uh, I think it was 2013. And uh, I almost did not pursue this career. As much as I, I love it and I always wanted to do it. Um, I almost didn't pursue it simply because uh, at that time earlier in that fall, um, I found out that my my current wife now uh, had breast cancer. Wow. And so her her surgery uh, was scheduled for, I think, a couple of days. She was supposed to go to the hospital the day that I left. And then her surgery was like a day or so afterwards. And I and then my mom and I'm like, I can't just leave you here uh, and not, you know, just to go pursue you know, my dreams. And, you know, we, man, we had a, uh, a long discussion, uh, probably until five, maybe 5 a.m. that morning, um, of whether or not I was going. And she said, you know, for a future, you have to go. Mm. And it's something that you want to do. She said that you, you have to go. And so I went and man, it was a struggle. Um, you know, just, having to FaceTime her and having to, you know, talk to her through the pains and the things that she was going through and not physically being able to be there, uh, but on the weekends. So on the weekends, I would spend time, uh, you know, just taking care of her, um, going with her to chemo and things like that. 
And, you know, it was a struggle mentally and physically to go through the academy and also stay focused, um, you know, academically. So, um, but, you know, we made it through and, uh, you know, I'm thankful for it. She survived it. And, uh, you know, we now have, you know, a son and we also have a beautiful daughter that was just born in January. So uh, things work out. Mm. Mm. One thing I'm noticing, a, a trend that I'm noticing, you know, through the different stories that you've told me, you know, in the short time that we've been on here is, is endurance. It seems like you 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 have a, a real will to endure. And I think that's something that a lot of us could learn so much from, man. Um, so I, I, I wrote that word down because it just stuck out to me. It just stuck out to me. So with that in mind, let's transition to where, you know, the, 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 the why, why we're here today. Let's talk about this campaign. Um, why why Charleston County District 6? Why now? And why you? Well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a man of faith. Um, so I believe in, in God's timing, uh, not your time. So mm. I would say that uh, I've looked into uh, exploring public service and, uh, you know, not sitting back and complaining about the change that I want to see and stepping up and challenging myself to be the change that I would like to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this seat opened up at a, I, I don't, at a perfect time, mm. I would say, um, uh, because I actually looked at maybe pursuing city council, uh, maybe county council at some point in time. Uh, but my biggest challenge was my career. Yeah. I love, I love the fire department because I love the service, uh, because day in and day out, I get to put my hands on people, I get to talk to people and and touch them in their time of need. Um, I don't really know how to explain it. I guess it would have to be like another first responder, but um, it's, it's just something that is not easy to walk away from. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I mean, you get, it's, it's almost addictive uh, because you, you, you're used to helping people. Um, and County Council gives me the opportunity to serve, uh, to basically expand my public service um, that I have been doing um, in a larger role and still maintain the career um, that I love to do. Yeah. And, you know, the timing just was weird because when the idea, when I was basically informed that, you know, Judge Raw uh, would be retiring, um, I was actually out uh christmas shopping for another family uh that didn't have um any money because they had just uh, i think they had just moved and something bad had happened to them and you know i told uh the wife i was like you know hey the ties that i'm going to pay this month um i'm going to bless another family and you know buy their christmas gifts yeah and so you know that's that's what i did and then you know i was walking with you know a group of people who were helping out and they were like, you know, hey, you know, this seat's open up and I think, you know, this would be a great opportunity for you. And, uh, you know, I prayed about it uh, for a couple of weeks. Um, I brought the idea to my wife and asked, I said, look, you know, I pray for this. And, you know, this is what God is showing me. And I asked, I said, you know, but I will only do it with your approval. Uh, mm. Because if you're not, you know, if you're not confident in it or if you don't want to go through it, uh, you know, so be it. Um, but yeah. she said, you know, I think this is your time. And if God said it is good, it's good. Absolutely. And so, 
you know, my main thing is I, I just really wanted to, my real purpose in running is being a part of the change that I would love to see. Um, there's a lot of things that I think need to be uh, improved upon in District 6. I think um, that we've been talking in circles around issues uh, like flooding, uh, like infrastructure and things like that, especially flooding. I mean, we've been talking about that forever. Uh, mm -hmm. But are we really willing to invest the money that is really going to take in order to uh, tackle some concrete solutions? Mm -hmm. And one thing that we need to stop doing is building uh, outdated infrastructure. Uh, mm -hmm. We need to make sure that we're building for the next 20, 30 years because we know the growth is coming. So why yes. are we building projects that are only going to be effective for five years? Uh, to me, that doesn't make any sense. And it's a waste of taxpayers' dollars. Mm -hmm. um, so I just want to go in there and uh, be uh, the a young face um, that and have young ideas and want to be more uh, progressive um, in Charleston County to make sure that we're moving forward and we're spending our tax dollars in a smart way. Makes complete sense to me. Makes complete sense to me. Uh, what do you say? First of all, I want to I want to ask you, you know, have you in in this time on the campaign? Um, have you learned anything about the community that you want to serve that you think is going to make you even more prepared for what's coming after the primary? Yes, sir. So. One thing that I've been doing once, uh, you know, the COVID thing kind of uh, eased up a little bit is uh, I've been going out to the communities, uh, going door to door, obviously practicing social distancing, using my mask and all that good stuff. Uh, but going to the communities and hearing their needs, things that they want to see changed, uh, because I think that, you know, yes, we can, you know, post ads on Facebook all day and you know, we can send out email blasts and do all these other things. But if you're really looking to represent somebody, uh, to me, you have to go to the heart um, of the people and see what they need, mm. uh, not what you think they need. Um, so, you know, I've been out uh, door to door listening to the concerns of the people, uh, especially the people who have felt ignored um, by the county on many levels. So, um, you know, especially in the town of Lincolnville, um, been out there and, you know, they they have. Uh, a ways to go to catch up. Uh, we we they need some resources out there. Uh, from a public safety standpoint, um, they need help. I mean, yeah. they have one fire truck uh, that um, is covering an area that is rapidly growing, uh, literally daily. Mm. Uh, so, you know, being a public servant um, and being a, a captain in the fire service, I I know what resources are needed uh, to protect certain areas, and I know that seconds are crucial. So. If they don't have an auto aid agreement uh, with another uh, department, that means that once they get to a scene or, you know, there's a delay in them getting dispatched, uh, another uh, unit being dispatched. And those seconds can cost lives. Mm. Um, they just uh, build a new uh, apartment complex over there, Magnolia Bay um, apartments, three story apartments. Um, it is sprinkler, but doesn't have a standpipe, uh, which means if the second or third floor catches on fire and they don't have a ladder truck. Um, they got to hump holes up three flights of steps Wow! and hope for or wait for another truck to get there. Um, so, you know, it puts puts them at risk. It puts the firefighters at risk and puts the civilians at risk as well. Um, so, you know, I would just like to see public safety stepped up in that area. Um, them have uh, more resources as far as water supply um, for their for their for their community. I mean, their water system, um, they buy water, I think, from the county. 
but you know they they need to have a, a more efficient system um, of distributing water to uh, the citizens of uh, Lincolnville uh, in North Charleston and in West Ashley uh, flooding and infrastructure is a huge problem uh, flooding uh, my ideal behind flooding or what I would like to see is the fact that they're extending Glen McConnell uh, possibly all the way to Somerville mm. and I think it provides a unique opportunity to use that infrastructure to uh, fix the flooding issues. Because if you have to build a drainage system uh, uh, that has to be pretty large to catch the water that is coming um, off of the roads and off of those wetlands as well, um, then you can build, also build a system or put it into the contract when it's being built that they have to uh, build some type of drainage system that alleviates uh, water off of the other communities that are going to drain into the system. And I also offered that they should uh, partner with the uh, Army Corps of Engineers uh, to come up with some solutions. And I propose that they did that we should do as a county. Um, and I, I don't mind heading it up myself. Uh, Tri-County uh, Flooding Task Force. Wow. Uh, because in my opinion, if we fix flooding in Charleston, right? there's a good chance that it may cause flooding in Dorchester County or cause flooding in Berkeley County, right? It's a regional problem, not just a Charleston problem. Right. So why not put our resources together um, and work with the Army Corps of Engineers and uh, finally solve this problem uh, for good? Wow. So first of all, I just want to say that's an extensive answer. Um, not in, a, in a terms of like, that's so much information I couldn't take in. More like, you hear a lot of people talk about change. You talked about infrastructural change in a way that I haven't heard yet. And I really appreciate that. That's something I, I definitely have a great appreciation for. You also talked about things from a standpoint, and this is just me, you know, regurgitating back what I, what I heard. Um, you talked about things from a standpoint of how first responders can, like how first responders are really put at, at a, um, a disadvantage when it comes to the way our infrastructure is currently set up, I don't think I've ever heard any person running for any office mention that aspect of of what's happening in uh, in our in our local um, economy in our, lo our local areas. So thank you for sharing that. Um, that that's really key, and I'm so glad that you you stated that. Um, I want to ask you. Oh yes, please do, please do. So I know that we look at 526 sometimes as uh, as a traffic issue, right? Uh, we're like, you know, we need to complete 526 uh, strict, uh, specifically because of traffic and alleviating traffic. Um, but in my opinion, uh, 526 is also a public safety issue as well. Um, a huge public safety issue because we understand that uh, Johns Allen, James Allen is rapidly growing um, also by the day. Yes. Um, these populations are, are really getting up in numbers. And, you know, we have main roads, but we have our main roads are, are, are two lane highways, right? Mm -hmm. So we have a tree down, um, but we have a bad accident or we have uh, a, a dump truck or something that flips over um, and you have entrapment or things like that, or you have a call on the other side of that accident. Uh, how are we going to get there? Mm. You think about hurricanes and evacuations like these, these infrastructure changes that we need are not only because of we don't want to sit in traffic, but it has to do with public safety as well. We have to have other outlets 
um, to get to uh, these areas. And it could help, especially with response times for EMS as well. Yes. Uh, because if you have if you have that accident and you need to get an EMS unit for somebody having a cardiac arrest or having some type of uh, uh, real emergency on the other side of that, uh, you can't. It's going to be hard to land a helicopter in uh, in Johns and Dan's Island. Yes. With the tree line. Yes. Um, and if you don't already have a unit over there, or if the unit can't get off, I mean that is an issue. Uh, so you know we have to make sure that the infrastructure changes that we make. Um, I also looked at from a public safety standpoint to make sure that our people are not trapped. Yes, that's, again, another key point that you really don't hear a lot of people talk about. And I don't know if it's that people don't talk about it because a lot of people don't come from a standpoint of working in a, as a first responder coming into it. I think it probably does uniquely prepare you for the position, which I think is really cool. Um, I do want to ask this because a lot of people you know, get hung up on like the presidential election and like, well, I'll vote in November. I'm not going to vote. You know, I'm not going to waste my time going out there in June because they already know who they want anyway. You know how that goes. But um, yeah. <laughs> what, what is it that county council and local positions like that have an ability to change that people on a state and national level do not, that maybe people don't understand? Uh, everything. Uh, and I would say this, your quality of life. Your quality of life depends on your local, uh, your local public servants. So whether it be through city council, county council, uh, state legislator, your uh, state senators, um, all of those people control your quality of life. Your roads don't come from, uh, you know, who who's sitting in the presidency. He doesn't care what the road on 26 looks like or 526 gets completed. Uh, the people down here who live in uh, their respective districts or uh, respective areas are the people who make uh, the decisions on who gets uh, speed bumps, who gets, uh, you know, new roads paved, who gets uh, rezoning and gentrification and all of that other stuff. Um, all of that is done on the local level. It has absolutely nothing to do on the federal level. But I think on the federal level, we get so memorized by it because it's so uh, exploded through the media. Yes. Um, that we we get wrapped up in it and we think, oh, well, we're only going to vote, you know, for the presidential election. But, you know, in order for you to get a great candidate um, for your local government who is going to control the quality of life, making sure that you have uh, quality infrastructure, making sure that you have the best resources for your uh, for public safety in your area and to make sure that you have proper education uh, for your children and recreation and 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 just uh slowing crime and things like that all of that is on a local level yeah uh, because the people who truly affect your life are your local governments yes yes absolutely thank you for saying that um i i think that's such an important message that that everybody has to really get a handle on like it's not enough to just vote once every four years in november we gotta we have to be not only not only voting in the primaries but we need to make ourselves more educated um, about the process, the political processes, and who can make the changes that we want to see. Everything is not Donald Trump's fault. True. All right? <laughs> and everything wasn't Barack Obama's fault. Everything positive that happened wasn't Barack Obama or Donald Trump. There are people that are so, that like the, the local and state elections matter a lot, and we got to make sure that people understand the importance of voting in those elections. Um, I That's wanted to ask you a question. Come from. Huh? I said your laws, your policies, and the thing that the things, the people who get hired in these, uh, you know, uh, chief of police and yep. all of these other, other, other things that uh, we we want to see changed or we want to see improved. 
those are the people that we're electing. Yes, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. Um, now you do have a, you, you, you're not running unopposed in this, this um, primary, correct? No, sir. Okay. So I, I do want to ask, because I want to make sure that I, I get this question out there. What separates you from the person who, who you're running against or people? I don't know um, if there's multiple people. No, well, they're, they're multiple people, but different parties. So I got okay. one person running against me um, on the democratic side, but what I would say uh, what se separates me from my opponent um, is what you just heard a couple seconds ago. Um, I don't want to talk about uh, hot button topics uh, without solutions. Mm. Um, when I when when you ask me about infrastructure, I want to have a solution. When you talked about public safety, I want to have a solution. Um, I I can't I can't talk about issues and not come to you with a problem because, in my opinion, that's what you're going to be electing me for. Yeah, uh, to solve things. Um, so you know, in my opinion. You know, we've uh, had forums and things before, and, you know, I just feel like uh, my extensive background in public safety, um, the relationships that I have with people on the state legislature and uh, throughout the Senate, um, I think that I'm going to be able to bring uh, concrete uh, resources down here. I'm going to be able to bring uh, progressive ideas uh, that we can enhance uh, our public safety, enhance our infrastructure. Uh, through the partnerships and the people that I that I've uh, had the pleasure of establishing a relationship with. Mm. All right, very good answer. Very good answer. I do also want and, to ask you. Huh? No, I was going to say, and after meeting uh, with the with the uh, current uh, councilman in District Six, um, he feels and he winded up endorsing me, but uh, he feels like I have uh, what you would say the endurance. Uh, to be progressive and to uh, bring changes in Charleston County. Absolutely. Um, I do want to give you an opportunity to respond to something as well, just because I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a person who likes to make sure people have an opportunity to speak for themselves. I, I'm not a person that speaks to people and I don't spread things. So there, there have been, I don't know if you heard, there's been some stuff that's been put out there as far as that, that speak to your integrity. Um, and I, I, I don't, without me, directly asking the question. I want to see if there's something that you wanted to say in response to that. If not, no pressure. I just want to make sure I put it out there. So I, I, I would just say this because I mean, I, I could, we could be on here for hours trying to talk about that subject. Uh -huh. um, but I would tell you this, um, my, my integrity is always intact. Uh, when it comes to um, things that I, that I do in life, um, I do them for the right reasons and I make sure I surround myself with the right people. Um, when I am uh, warned, uh, by, uh, I would say, uh, other law enforcement agencies and um, other people about the people that are around me, other people that um, I'm working with. Um, I make sure that um, I do what's best uh, for me and what's best for the people that I'm trying to serve. Um, so, you know, I separated myself uh, from, uh, from people mm -hmm. uh, because I felt like the vision that I had uh, for what I wanted to do uh, with domestic violence uh, was being clouded and directed in another direction that was mm. outside of uh, educating kids, um, okay. which I wanted to do. And so, you know, I found myself at a crossroads of either compromising myself and my dreams and uh, what I wanted to accomplish or keep uh, my faith in God and, and remain uh, on the path that he led me on. And mm -hmm. so, you know, sometimes you have to grow up and, you know, I separated and uh, did my own thing. And to me, uh, the proof is 
in the work that I do. Yeah. Um, as yeah. simple as that. I mean, last year I went to D.C., uh, got recognized on the national level for the work that I've been doing um, throughout my community uh, for kids, uh, for adults, um, and also for people in emergency uh, services who need it during a uh, domestic violence situation. So to me, uh, I, I just tell people to make sure you do your research um, before you listen to uh, what somebody has to say about somebody else. And you also Absolutely. have to look at timing and the people who they associate themselves with. Absolutely. And uh, I mean, that's that's how I address that. I mean, I don't really, um, people who know me, uh, they know I don't really go down the road with a lot of people. I don't kick cans down the road either. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm not an argumentative person. I mean, if you have something negative to say about me, that's cool. Um, the people who know me know me. Uh, yeah. The people who have worked with me know my passion for what I do, and they know what I do. Absolutely. Uh, and they know why I do it. Um, so I'm going to continue working. Um, I'm going to continue saving lives. And, uh, you know, if anybody else has anything negative to say, um, you know, you can speak it, and I'm going to keep being positive and uh, let God do the talking. Absolutely. Thank you. I, I wanted to make sure that you had an opportunity to respond to that. It's really important, you know, that, that again, people are able to speak for themselves. That's important. So thank you so much for that. Um, this has been a really, really informative like session. I really in, in, in have enjoyed this interview. Um, I want to give you an opportunity to make, you know, your final um, plea to the audience, you know, as far as, as far as, you know, why they should vote for you June 9th. Um, if they haven't already voted in, um, you know, uh, Absentee, absentee voted. Why should they go out on Tuesday, cast a ballot for you, Christian Rainey, District 6, Charleston County? I feel like they should go out June 9th, uh, cast their vote uh, for me, Christian Rainey, uh, simply because it's time for us to have uh, concrete, progressive solutions uh, for our county, uh, spend our tax dollars uh, smartly on things that are going to last and also be uh, proactive to the growth that is coming around Charleston County. Um, I think that we need to be safer. Uh, we Everybody is uh, paying taxes to the county, uh, but not everybody has equal resources or equal public safety. Hmm. And I want to make sure that I ensure the safety of our kids. Uh, one of the programs that um, I've been working on um, is the Workforce Housing Initiative uh, to make sure that people are provided quality homes, uh, not you know, anything cheaply built, but partnering with Home Depot and Quicken Loans to make sure that people are able uh, to afford to live in Charleston County. Uh, because 50% of people who live in Berkeley and Dorchester County travel to our county to work, which mm. creates uh, traffic congestion. Uh, so I just want to bring uh, concrete solutions. There are a lot of things that I've been working on outside of being uh, a county councilman or being trying to be elected to a county councilman uh, that a lot of people um, haven't I guess you would say known about because I just believe in doing the work. Um, mm-hmm. I also recently got assigned uh, as a chair for a task force um, for, uh, I guess you would say, a advisory board uh, for law enforcement officers or law enforcement in uh, Chelsea County. Um, had a meeting with uh, Sheriff Cannon, uh, Chief Lewis, uh, Chief Reynolds, and also uh, Chief Gomes, because uh, obviously uh, Chief Burgess was in quarantine at the time, mm-hmm. uh, but they're all on board to approach all of this stuff from a county level uh, to make sure that we're holding each other accountable, very transparent uh, with the community, because one of my platforms is public safety and crime. Uh, and I believe that we curve that by establishing the relationships with law enforcement. 
And in order to do that, the community is going to have to be involved and they're going to have to lead the charge. We can't have law enforcement trying to tell us how to establish the relationship in the community. We have to make sure that we establish a relationship that is transparent and honest uh, to make sure uh, that we're able to uh, establish those relationships. And uh, one other thing, education, park and rec, I think that our our kids need to uh, have the resources available to them. Uh, why I want to partner with uh, the school board to make sure that all of our kids have broadband, uh, internet, and are able to uh, have access to these things and have more after-school programs uh, that revolve around STEM, uh, simply because we know with Boeing, with Volvo, with Mercedes, and all these other industries that are coming here, our kids are not able to take advantage of these jobs. I'm tired of seeing our kids graduating from high school without any trades, uh, without any programs that are preparing them to take advantage of the the wealth that is here um, in Charleston County. So if you want a more progressive Charleston County, if you want uh, someone who is going to fight for you and continue to serve you, um, then I'm your man. I, like I tell everyone that I've had the pleasure of talking to um, in any type of form, uh, if I'm willing to put my life on the line for citizens uh, as a captain in the fire department, imagine what I'm willing to do as your county councilman. Wow. Mic drop, huh? <laughs> yeah, a mic drop moment. I love that. That was a great answer. That's that's, that's how I feel, man. I love that, I'm man. I'm passionate about I'm passionate about people, man. I see uh, that. Some people may, may consider it uh weak or a sign of weakness, but my passion is people. I've lost everything in life. Um so the only passion and the only void that I have uh to fill that is serving other people. Wow. Wow. Well, thank you so much, man. Thank you for thank you for sharing. If they want to find out more about you, where can they where can they find out more about you? Uh, they can check us out on Facebook. Um, it's Kristen Rainey for County Council. Uh, you can also take a look at our Twitter um, hashtag Make It Rainy, uh, Rainy for Council on Instagram. Uh, www.kristen, uh, c h r i s t a n, just one i, r a i n e y, dot com. Uh, for more information on my platform and things that I plan on bringing to the county. And just remember, June 9th, uh, let your voice be heard. Um, It's your county, it's your voice, and it's your choice. All right. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate the interview. Uh, Give me one second. Let me wrap this up, and then I'll come right back to you, all right? Okay. Give me one second. Let me get my music straight. Uh... All right, all right, all right. Thank you guys so much for watching this week, man. This has been... This is... This was a great interview. I want to thank Christian Rainey for joining me, man. He didn't have to do it, but he did. Um, on a Sunday night, I'm pretty sure he has something he can do with his family. And he wanted to be here tonight so you guys can hear his voice and hear what he had to say. Um, so make sure that you do go out on June 9th. Tuesday, June 9th, cast your vote. I can't tell you who to vote for. I have shown you the candidates, and they are there for you to make your choice. Vote your choice. Vote your issues. Um, I also want to send a special thank you to our sponsors. Shout out to uh, www.signstosee.com. They are an official sponsor of Real Talk with Rajan. If you are looking for custom items to get made, rather be t-shirt, t-shirts, um, bumper stickers, 
mugs, all this different apparel that you're, you're, you're looking to get made with customs, go to www.signs2c.com and use the code REALTOP2020. That's REALTOP2020 at www.signs2c.com. I want to thank everybody so much for watching this week. Remember that the local celebrity spotlight shines every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. where I interview my local celebrities and unsung heroes. Next week's local celebrity spotlight will shine on a young lady out of New York City, Miss Sunny Johnson, who is a Sirius XM uh, nationally syndicated radio host. Um, she's a black conservative and she has a lot to say. I love hearing this young lady speak. I cannot wait until Wednesday. If you are doing something in the community that you would like the light shined on, please reach out to me on my website. That's www.realtalkwithjean.com so we can discuss getting you on the show. This and all of my shows, in addition to the Car Chronicle series, is now available for your listening pleasure via Apple, Google, Spotify, or any place you can find podcasts. You can also find it on my website. That's www.realtalkwithjean.com. If you'd like to be made aware of when I go live, because sometimes it is unscheduled, please be sure to click the follow or subscribe tab and turn on the notifications so that you will know when something new is posted to the page. In the meantime, please follow me on social media to stay up to date on what's happening with Real Talk with Jean. Go anywhere, type in Real Talk Rajan, and I'm going to pop up, but I'm going to make a special request. If you could please go to my YouTube page and look up Real Talk with Rajan and press subscribe, I would greatly appreciate it. Why? Because Facebook pays more. Sorry, YouTube pays more than Facebook. So let's get me on, let's get my subscribers up on YouTube. Feel free to leave comments, questions, whatever else you'd like to say in the comment section or the message section. I love re get reading your messages and getting your feedback, even if it's negative. I would also appreciate it if you would leave a five-star rating on my podcast or review my, on my Facebook or YouTube channel. I am currently accepting invitations for speaking engagements and event hosting opportunities. If you'd like for me to speak at or host your event, you can request me via my website. You guessed it, www.realtalkrajan.com. In closing, thank you again, Christian Rainey. And always remember, God is everything, and without him, we are nothing. So never forget where your help comes from. And if a man doesn't stand for something, he's bound to fall for anything. Now that is real talk. I will see y'all next week. Peace.